UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. Hello, everybody! Oh my goodness! What a game that was last night! Welcome to Taking the Snap! My name is Colin Sumler. And I gotta say, coming up, we will talk about the Chiefs so far this season. Week 2, Power Rankings and more. Only on UCM, The Beat. So first off, let's recap week one of the NFL season. The Chiefs absolutely dominated the the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that game wasn't even close from the opening quarter. Now let's talk about some interesting stats from week one of the NFL. So the Chiefs... They ran 66 plays on offense, and 33 of them were for first downs. Think about that. Half the plays we ran were for first downs. That's pretty impressive. Anyway, um... The Chiefs passed for 360 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Now the Cardinals, they did not play well at all from the opening snap. It was it was pretty much over by the end of the first half. I mean, I mean, yes, JJ Watt was out with an injury. But still, that doesn't give up the fact that the Chiefs' defense only allowed 21 points to a very good offense, I'd say. They also had the ball for 34 minutes and 42 seconds. They had 128 rushing yards. Which totals, total yards, they had 488. Now, there are some things that the Chiefs need to fix. The first thing they need to fix is not allowing big plays to wide receivers like Jamar Chase and Mike Williams. They also need to stop teams on fourth down. Because if you can't stop a team on fourth down, you don't really have a good defense. And so far this season, they've allowed seven first downs. When it's like fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and six, fourth and whatever, they're allowing they're allowing too many first downs. They all they also need to fix not getting penalties cuz last night they had six penalties two of them were against one player both of them were personal fouls So there are some, there's some pretty surprising players so far in the NFL. One surprising player that I find to be absolutely dominating the run game is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now I know you're saying he's had a couple of bad years. Yes, he has, but this year he started off very well, I'd say. Now on the defensive side, I mean, Chris Jones is not really that surprising because, I mean, it's Chris Jones. 
He's had like 10 sacks in pretty much all of his seasons. Another surprising player has been Justin Reed. Apparently, he can kick also. I love I love what the Chiefs defense did last night, but we'll get back to that here pretty soon. Now the Chiefs so far this year, they've shown no mercy at all to any of their opponents. Now last night was a different story because the Chargers are a very, very good team. And we play in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, which is the AFC West. Their offense their offense is just outstanding. First week, they scored 44 points. They even brought in their scraps. They brought in Chad Henney in the fourth quarter because the game was not even close. Now, last night, their offense did start out a little bit sloppy. Now, I don't blame that on Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy. I blame it... Now, I don't blame it on Patrick either. I blame it on the Chargers defense because you got Derwin James, Nick Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, and a bunch of other players that were non-factors. But those that I just listed were some of the key players from last night. And there's also been some very key injuries over the course of the first two weeks. So first off for the Chiefs, Harrison Butker, as you know, if you watched the first game, he injured his ankle. He rolled it pretty badly on the turf. And it's still not well, so they had to go out and sign a kicker from the Jets named Matt Amendola. But he did come back in for some point attempts. And then Tony Romo, he proceeded to make a Karate Kid reference because he said... Daniel Russo is going to fight. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll discuss what the Chiefs did well last night and recap the game. You're listening to Taking the Snap only on UCM The Beat. It's important to buckle up your kids. I know. Sometimes car seats can be complicated. I know. And if your child's in the wrong seat and you get into a crash. I know. It could lead to a serious injury. I know. So you're 100% sure you have the right car seat for your child's age and size? I don't know. Don't think you know. Know you know. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Make sure you have the right car seat. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. 
but they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Everybody buckle up. Mom, 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 mom. Buckle up. Let's go. Buckle up. Can we go to the store? Everybody, buckle up. A lot goes on in the car, but you're in control. So only move when you hear the click that says they're buckled in. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Man, was that a good game last night. I mean, that was a, that was a nail-biter, if you ask me. It was not easy for the Chiefs in the first half. Their offense started off a little bit sloppy. They didn't really establish a passing game until later on. Until later on in the first half, I'd say. The first quarter, they didn't really get anything going. For the running game, though, I mean... They did well. They were the only ones that did well in the first quarter. Now, there were some very big plays from last night that I want to talk about. First off, let's discuss the, the injury to Justin Herbert. He took a nasty shot to the ribs. And I'm pretty sure that had to have hurt. Now, some people are saying, oh, he's faking it. No, he wasn't. He missed a press conference to get x-rays on it. Now, it was Mike Dana that, that got the big hit. And, I mean, it happens, you know. But one of the the biggest play of the night, I'd say, was the 99-yard pick six by Jalen Watson. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jalen Watson, he used to work at a Burger King in, in Alabama. I mean, think about it. He was the seventh round pick in this year's draft. A seventh round pick is not exactly the most talented. But I guess he showed the Chiefs last night why they drafted him. On that, there is one drive I want to mention in the third quarter. They sacked Justin Herbert on the one-yard line. And that was pretty big by Chris Jones. He had two sacks last night, his first two of the season. Now their defense absolutely stepped it up. They stepped it up. I mean, they made adjustments to Herbert, which is not very easy to do. And also, what I saw last night, they awoke a sleeping monster in Patrick Mahomes. Because at the end of the first half, when they showed his face, 
he was very angry. And I messaged my group chat and I said, they just awoke a sleeping monster. And they completely dominated the second half. Offensively, defensively, special teams wise. They did a very they did a very good job containing Herbert in the pocket. That was the main thing was trying to keep him in the pocket. But one of the hardest things to do apparently is to tackle Austin Eckler, who's the uh, the Chargers running back. They also, now last night, Willie Gay did not play well at all. He missed like at least four tackles when they should have been behind the line of scrimmage. He let them get up like 20 yards down the field before he finally tackled him. They need to fix those they need to fix those. They need to fix the mixed tackles, I'd say. Okay, so let's talk about week one for a little bit. Week one of the NFL was absolutely insane. You had the Bills upsetting the defending Super Bowl champs in the Los Angeles Rams. You had the Steelers forcing, like, seven turnovers. Four interceptions thrown by Joe Burrow. And this is the defending AFC champions that they beat. One thing that really surprised me was the lack of kicking that was involved last week. There were so many missed kicks on field goals and extra points. It's not even funny. And the head coach for the Denver Broncos. Ouch. What was that? I mean, you try to kick a 64-yard field goal to possibly win the game. What are you thinking? Seriously. He's never made a 60-yarder in his life. And they finally... I was embarrassed by that game. Now... Now, in my predictions last week, I was right in about eight of them. Eight for 16, which is around 50%, which is what most experts, which is what most experts are these days. This might honestly be the best Chiefs team I've ever seen. I mean, without Tyreek Hill, it's going to be tough. But they proved last week and last night that they don't need Tyreek Hill in order to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be just fine this year. We're going to take another quick break. Coming up, I will talk about the power rankings according to experts on NFL Network. We'll do that next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap only on UCM The Beat. Hey, America. We need to have a little talk. 
We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. That's a website, duh. We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what's your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. Welcome back to Taking the Snap. So let's talk about the power rankings according to these so-called experts. The very same experts who predicted the Chiefs to not make the playoffs this year. At number 32, we have the New York Jets. I agree with this because their offense did not look very good in the first game of the season. They always scored nine points against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, it's the Ravens, and they have a very good defense. Yes, they do when they're healthy. When they're not healthy, their defense is kind of all over the place. And the Jets never really got anything going on offense because... Well, Joe Flacco is clearly not the answer. Zach Wilson is not the answer either. Really, they don't have a good quarterback. They don't have any wide receivers. Other than Corey Davis. At number 31. Now, I understand why... But at number 31 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they have a Now the Jags have a very good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. But I think the reason why they put the Jags at number 31 is because that defense they need some work. I mean, they gave up 28 points to a team who didn't even have a name last year. At number 30 is the Atlanta Falcons. I understand this. Because all the Falcons do is choke away leads like there's no tomorrow. They blew last week. Get this. They blew a 26-10 lead. 
Their defense is very weak. Their offense showed some promise in the first half. They slowed down in the second half, though. And for a football team, you have to be strong for all four quarters in order to win. At number 29, we have the Carolina Panthers. I understand this as well, but Baker Mayfield, he did very well last week. I mean, yes, he threw for only 195 yards, a touchdown and an interception, but... Still, it's Baker Mayfield. And the Panthers' defense. It's the same thing with every single team. None of them really have a defense that is very dominant. At number 28, they put the Houston Texans. Now, I understand this as well because, like I said earlier about the defense, they blew a 20-3 lead against the Colts. Against the Colts of all teams. I mean, yes, Jonathan Taylor, he played well last week. He carried the ball 31 times. He rushed for 161 yards and one touchdown. Now the Colts are led by a quarterback, Matt Ryan, who always seems to choke in the playoffs. At number 27, we got the Dallas Cowboys, or the Cowgirls, whichever you prefer. Now, of course, the Cowboys' defense, they did well last week. I mean, they held Tom Brady to four field goals and one touchdown. Their red zone defense is good, but that offense, what was that? And that, yes, they have some good players on the, on the defense like Micah Parsons. But if the whole defense doesn't play well, you're most likely not going to win. At number 26, we got the Detroit Lions. Now, yes, they almost came back last week, but they allowed 38 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I understand is the Eagles, and they did well last week. They almost came back in the second half, but as I said earlier, you have to play well for all four quarters if you want to win. If you don't want to win, then what are you even doing in the NFL? At number 25, we have the Chicago Bears. Now, their offensive line showed some strength last week because finally, for the first time in his career, Justin Fields had time to throw the ball. And their defense only held the 49ers to 10 points. Now I know you're going to say, they played in a swimming pool, basically. Yes, they did. 
But still, that's no excuse as to why... That's no excuse as to why the 49ers should not have been able to run the ball down the Bears' throats. At number 24, we got the Washington Commanders. I understand this because last week they came back against Jacksonville because at one point Jacksonville actually had the lead. Now, of course, it was a slim two-point lead. But still, that's pretty impressive. And Carson wins through for four touchdowns. At number 23, we got... The New England Patriots. I understand this because, well, their defense didn't play well last week against Tua Tagovailoa. They allowed 20 points to the Miami Dolphins. Seriously, the Dolphins of all teams. And their offense, they did not look well. And at number 22, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I understand this because J.J. Watt is currently hurt. Well, he's getting old, so I understand that. But that was no excuse last week as to why they should have given up 44 points to the Chiefs. Their offense, they did not look well at all. At number 21, we have the New York Giants. Now, this one surprises me. Because the Giants have never started well. They usually start off very slow. And they continue to be slow throughout the entire season. But with a healthy Saquon Barkley, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but they might actually have a chance to go to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I know that's crazy, but still, I mean, the way they played last week, it just shows what a healthy Giants team can do. At number 20... It's the Cleveland Browns. Even without even without Deshaun Watson, they played well last week, I gotta admit. Their run, they established the run very early. At number 19, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a little bit low for the for the defensive showing they put up on Sunday. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they sacked Joe Burrow seven times and forced him to throw four interceptions. At number 18, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Geno Smith, he did very well last week. He threw for two touchdowns, for goodness sake, against a very good Broncos defense. At number 17 is the Tennessee Titans. I, I'm very shocked by this because... I mean, yes, the Titans almost came back, but their defense, they completely choked. I mean, they were up 20-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. 
until Daniel Jones, of all quarterbacks, proved why the Tennessee defense is weak. At number 16, we got the Denver Broncos. What? They lost to a team that traded away their star quarterback, and they still lost. Now at number 15, we have the Indianapolis Colts. I kind of understand this, but because they almost came back against the Houston Texans and, well, let's just say that their kicker blew it for them. At number 14, we got the Las Vegas Raiders. That surprises me with Devontae Adams on the team. Because he had a very good week last week. He scored a touchdown in his Raiders debut, but Derek Carr is not the quarterback for him, clearly. At number 13, we got the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins surprised me because... Well, they played well last week. I mean, sure. They played well against the Patriots. They played well against the Pats. Only holding them to seven points, but... I mean, come on. It's the Patriots led by a 70-year-old. At number 12, this is what shocked me the most. They have the Saints at number 12 in the power rankings. What? I mean, their offense didn't show any fight until the second half. At number 11, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I understand why they put the 49ers at number 11. It's because their quarterback, I mean, he didn't do bad last week, but he didn't do good either. He was average at best. And the 49ers defense allowed 19 points to the Bears. Come on. At number 10, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. I love this one. Now, I say that because look at their offseason signings. A.J. Brown, who played, who played very well against the Lions last week. Now, this is what I don't understand. At number nine is the Cincinnati Bengals. Think about this. The team that had seven turnovers is ranked number nine. So-called experts. They clearly don't know what they're talking about. At number eight is the... Green Bay Packers. They played terrible last week, and they're in the top ten. I don't understand that. I think it's because of Aaron Rodgers. At number seven, we have the Minnesota Vikings. I love this because look at Justin Jefferson last week. He had nine receptions for 184 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pretty good week. Especially if he's on your fantasy team. At number six, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense last week was absolutely dominant. 
I mean, yes, they faced the Jets, but they allowed, they got two turnovers last week. At number five, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. I personally think this is because of Justin Herbert. And look at all those off-season signings they had. Khalil Mack was the probably the biggest one. At number four, we got the defending Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. They played terrible last week. Now I know you're going to say it's the first week of the season. That's true. But still, that does not that does not defend the fact that they should have dominated the Bills. At number three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really I don't understand this at all. I know it's because of Tom Brady and everybody loves him. But in the red zone last week, they didn't play well at all. Their offensive line they let they let the Cowboys defense get to them. At number two, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I understand this because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, who is no doubt going into the Hall of Fame. But I think that's disrespect. Now, at number one, the only team I have not said, it's the Buffalo Bills. I understand this. Because look at their off-season signings. I think their biggest one was Vaughn Miller. We're going to take another break. Coming up, we will talk about week two of the NFL season and who I think will win. We'll be right back. Hey America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy, and you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Now let's talk about week two of the NFL coming up. So yesterday's game, I had the Chiefs winning that one for two reasons. The first being the Chargers are playing in quite possibly the loudest stadium in the NFL. That's Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, they broke the sound record in 2014. 
with 144 decibels. That's pretty impressive. And also because the Chargers are coming into Kansas City playing an offense that showed absolutely no mercy to the Cardinals last week. Okay, so now for the Patriots and the Steelers. I don't think it's any question. People might be surprised by this. I don't know. But I've got the Steelers. They played well last week. I gotta admit. Now the reason I say... The Steelers is because, as I mentioned earlier, they forced Joe Burrow to throw four interceptions. And talk about that offensive line. They so-called improved their offensive line in the offseason. It clearly didn't show against the Steelers because... The Steelers sacked Joe Burrow seven times. And the last time... The last time the Patriots played, they had three turnovers. Against the Dolphins of all teams. The offense also looked very sloppy as they only got 271 total yards. Anything over 300 is good. Anything under that, not the best offense. Cowboys and the Bengals, I don't think it's gonna come as a shock to anyone. I got the Bengals. I mean, yes. The offensive line looked bad last time. But they're playing a Cowboys team that does not have Dak Prescott. And now even though they turned the ball over so many times last week, the Bengals are still a good team. I mean, they have Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and pretty much nobody on defense. For the Jets and the Browns, this is not going to come as a shock to anyone either. I got the Browns easily. It's not even going to be close. Because the Jets never found their offensive rhythm. The only touchdown they scored was in the final minute. That's pathetic. And the last time, the last time the Browns played the Panthers, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb Combined to rush for a total of 217 yards. Now, they only run the ball the entire time. They barely pass it. Now, we got the Colts and the Jaguars. And I'm taking the Colts in this one as well. Jonathan Taylor last week, again, once again, he rushed for 161 yards and one touchdown. Now, that's a pretty good week, especially for opening weekend when teams are just starting to find their offensive rhythm. Now, Trevor Lawrence did do well, but... It's still the Jags. Their defense is not very good. 
I mean, they allowed 28 points against Carson Wentz, who once again threw for four touchdowns and had two interceptions. Dolphins and the Ravens, this one was a little bit tougher because both are good teams, but I got the Ravens because their defense looked outstanding in week one. And it just shows... It just goes to show what a healthy defense can do. They also forced two turnovers. Bucks and the Saints... I actually have the Saints winning this one because Tom Brady has never beaten the Saints as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He is 0-4. And their offense, once again, was not very good in the end zone. Commanders and the Lions. I got the Commanders in this one. Because Carson wins... He looked phenomenal the last time. Now, of course, it was against the Jags and... But the Lions don't have a defense at all. I mean, it just goes to show from last week, they allowed 38 points to the Eagles. Seahawks and 49ers, another good matchup. Lots of good matchups this week, but I think I'm going to take the Seahawks, honestly. Now, of course, they barely eked out a win in week one against the Broncos team that now has Russell Wilson. But Trey Lance did not look good at all. He threw the ball 28 times, completing 13 of those passes for 164 yards and one interception. Not one passing touchdown. Cardinals and the Raiders. I'm going to take... I'm actually going to take the Raiders winning this one. Now, it might be a little bit controversial, but hear me out, all right? Just hear me out. The Raiders, they're a very good team. And the last time the Raiders played, they faced a very good defense. And the Cardinals' defense, they showed weakness. And there is no weakness in this league. The Falcons and the Rams. I don't think I have to say anymore. I got the Rams. What else is there to say? The Falcons. All they do is choke. I mean, Super Bowl 51, 28-3. And they lost to Tom Brady in overtime. Week one of the NFL last week, they lost to the Saints 27 to 26. Now, it was a one point game, but that defense is atrocious. Texans and the Broncos. I got the Broncos winning this one. Now, their offense, they did show some life at the end of the game. But I, their coach is... Their coach is complicated. I mean, who kicks... Who attempts to kick a 64-yard field goal? Ooh, Bears and the Packers. I don't think this is going to be close. I got the Packers winning this one. Now, yes, the Packers lost in week one. But 
They always start off slow to begin the season. And they're still a good team. I mean, as long as Aaron Rodgers is behind the helm, I think they're always going to be competitive. Titans and the Bills. What else is there to say? I have the Bills winning this one easily. I know you might be saying, why the Bills? Well, their offense completely dominated the Rams' defense in week one, putting up 31 points, four touchdowns, and only one field goal. That's a pretty good team. And Von Miller pretty much dominated the line of scrimmage the entire game. For the Panthers and the Giants, I have the Panthers in this one. Yes, Saquon Barkley did look good now that he's healthy, but the defense almost gave the game away. And I know that Baker Mayfield's going to make adjustments from last week. And finally, last but certainly not least, we have the Eagles and the Vikings. I honestly, I have the Eagles winning this one. But if they're going to win, they need to find a way to contain Justin Jefferson who once again had 184 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And the Eagles' defense is... Their defense is kind of up and down, I'd say. The one upset I was shocked about in week one, now going back to week one again, the, th the one I was the most shocked by was the Seahawks upsetting the Broncos. I thought that wasn't going to be a close game, but it was really close. Now, I love close matchups. But not like last night. Not, not games that are won by a field goal. Now most experts picked it. Most experts picked the Chiefs to win. But I didn't think it was going to be by one field goal. Because had Matt Amendola, who's the backup kicker now, not kicked not kicked that field goal we would have gone into overtime and the chargers had already won the toss to give the chiefs the ball first so now i was not i was not comfortable last night until late in the fourth quarter when they were up by 10, I was like, okay, we got this. All right, we're gonna... This has been Taking the Snap with me, Colin Sumler. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll be on the air next week, starting at noon, to talk about week three of the NFL and to recap week two. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Chiefs!